This is Women's Leadership Success, episode number 92. Are you a manager or a leader? Do you believe that how you think limits the results you get in your organization? Here's the shocking truth. Over 90% of leaders have no self-awareness of how they think about things. Their beliefs, assumptions, the culture they're, they're working in, etc., This radically impacts the results they get for themselves and their teams. Are you ready to challenge outdated assumptions and offer yourself a fresh new perspective to be more confident, powerful, and to be your authentic self? This is Brave Leadership. Join me today. Plus, listen to the end of the show for a special gift that will advance your career and leadership. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life. No matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur, join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. This is Sabrina Brom with womensleadershipsuccess.com radio. Today I'm delighted to have Kimberly Davis, who has a very varied um, career background. She started out as an an actor, and um, she also designed and has led workshops cross-culturally across all kinds of countries, including Japan, France, Germany, Hong Kong. And um, I'm going to just say hello to you, Kimberly, and have you tell them the rest of what you've been doing. So hello, Kimberly. Hi, Sabrina. I'm so happy to be here with you and your listeners today. Thank you. for having me on. Uh So um, tell them about... You go out and you train on authentic leadership, and how long have you been doing that, and and what kind of companies? Yeah, as you alluded to, my my journey has been is is quite unusual from probably most of your guests. I would assume, you know, having come from a theater background, I did theater for like about twenty years, uh-huh. and um, and then eventually I ended up in training and development after a very circuitous path. And now uh, I, I run my own company, and I have, uh, I have my own content and teach a program called On Stage Leadership, which I've been teaching for about 10 years. And I also do a lot of work with Southern Methodist University's executive ed program. So I teach for their Certificate of Leadership program, and I uh, teach ex- executive presence for them and authentic influence for them. And and uh, do a lot of different pieces of bodies of work for them as well. So my and and now I'm doing a lot of keynoting as well. So I've got a kind of a hodgepodge of things that I've put together to form my career. Um, I really liked your book, which is Brave Leadership: uh, Unleash Your Most Confident, Powerful, and Authentic Self to Get the Results You Need. And there was a quote in the book. There were lots of quotes that were good, but this one I really liked. It was, "We are all fighting to be ourselves." powerfully in this world to be brave. Kimberly Davis. Isn't that a great quote? Yeah. Well, I think it's true. I, I, you know, it's, it's so funny. I, I, you would think that, you know, writing a book called Brave Leadership, that I'd be the one that has it all dialed in, right? But, 
Um, <laughs> but the truth is, is that I have to, you know, I have to step into my brave every single day in every single situation I face. And I think that's true for all of us. I've not met one person on this planet who doesn't sometimes feel uncertain or unsure of themselves or scared or overwhelmed or stressed. You know, life is life is life and we're human beings. And so brave is not something that you're born with. It's not like it's this, an all or nothing thing. It's something that we must step into in every situation we face. Do you find that women have more difficulty being brave than men in terms of stepping into leadership roles, or is it about the same? You know, it's so interesting, Sabrina. Leadership has changed so much over the last 10 to 15 years that what it takes to lead powerfully is a very different skill set than it was, you know, 15 years ago, back in the command and control area where, era where things were much more transactional. In fact, I, you know, a while ago I read this article in Inc. Magazine that listed the top, uh, the top traits, most desirable traits for modern leaders. And out of 10 of them, uh, the, the traits that were, that were, they looked at traits, whether they were attributed to, to male traits or female traits or neutral traits. Mm-hmm. And out of the top 10 traits, actually eight of them were attributed to being more female traits than male traits. Interesting. And that's a big shift in the world, right? So they're looking at, you know, the top 10 traits are expressive plans for the future. Both of those were attributed to being female. And decisive was male, but then you get into reasonable, loyal, flexible, patient, all female, uh, female traits, at least according to this study. Mm-hmm. And then when they look at resiliency, that tended to be more of a male trait, but intuitive and collaborative were, were both female traits. And so a lot of the traits that we're seeing as being, as being the traits that are needed to succeed in today's workplace are actually more female than male. And some of it is we have to own that. And, and as women, for, for a long time, we've looked at some of the things that come naturally to us as being, being traits that aren't necessary in the business world. But now that there's been such a huge shift in the world, they are absolutely critical for us to be able to lead powerfully. I, I think that's so true. And when I think about, um, and I've been doing executive coaching for the last 25 years, and when I think about one of the difficulties I've seen men and women have is to be authentic. And mm-hmm. what you're talking about is authentically showing up with with what your natural traits are and not necessarily what you think you're supposed to be in that role. Right. Well, and men have been given so many messages about what it means to be male, you know, in the workplace and what, what is required. And so I think we're seeing a big shift nowadays in, in men looking at, well, maybe it's okay for me to be sensitive. Maybe it's okay for me to show that I care. You know, and that's, I think that's a big, wonderful shift in the workplace that we're seeing. And women at the same time, you know, how can women take a stand and say, own their voice and own their power in the, in the workplace without being seen as bossy or there's other words that we could use that people, that people will call women in, you know, when they own their power. But at how can we how can we take a stand now? And, and there's, been, there, there's been a shift in the workplace there as well. So I don't think it's just women that are having to change. I think men are, men are learning to embrace complete, completely different sides of themselves as well. So maybe both men and women, we haven't... We, a lot of us weren't raised to be authentic. 
Right. We were. We, right. I was told as a child that you know, pay attention. What do the neighbors want? What's they going to think about you? Um, to learn how to be authentic and just be yourself. That's that's part of what you you're teaching in corporations, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But the, the one thing you have to think about is authenticity in the framework of leadership and influence is a little bit different than how we might think about authenticity, you know, on Facebook, right? Because you see. And you see messages on Facebook all the time that say, you know, be authentic, be yourself, who cares what anyone else thinks, right? Right. I mean, you would jump on social media and probably find 10 or 20 posts that say something almost exactly like that. Right. And yet in the framework of leadership and influence, that definition isn't sufficient because in, in leadership and in influence, you need to care about how other people experience you. Mm-hmm. Or you can't lead and influence them, right? So my favorite definition of authenticity, I borrow from uh, Harvard School of Business, uh, Harvard School of Management, Bill George, and he defines it as: Are you genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief? Can you say that again? That's beautiful. Yeah. Are you genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief? Beautiful. And, yeah, but you know what, Sabrina, it's a lot more complicated than you think because it's a really beautiful definition, mm-hmm. but where it gets complicated is that who gets aside, right? That's who gets true. Who aside if you're a genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief? And in leadership and influence, it's not you. I mean, you could decide it, but it's not going to help you lead your influence, right? Uh-huh. Like, yes, I am genuine. Well, that's nice. Does anyone <laughs> else experience you that way? Because if they don't, you've got a problem. Right? If they don't experience you as worthy of trust, you've got a problem. And that doesn't mean that you become a chameleon and you, you go through life trying to be what everybody else wants you to be. But what it does require is that you have a true, sincere respect for the needs of all of the human beings, regardless of who they are and all of their different roles. Uh, what do they need from you to experience you as worthy of trust? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do they need from you to experience you as genuine? And what your boss is going to need from you is going to be totally different than what your client's going to need from you or what someone who reports to you is going to need from you, right? Or your significant other, what they're going to need from you. And so being sure that you are doing the work and you're listening and you're paying attention and you're present enough to understand what does this human being you know, what do you, Sabrina, need from me as your guest? Mm-hmm. Experience me as genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief. It might be something different than your listeners need from me. And I can't just, you know, jump on the call and do my thing. Mm-hmm. I've got to be so present with you to really understand what is it you personally need from me. I, I, in the 10 years I've been doing this show, I've mm-hmm. never had anybody explained that before and it's such an important thing it's not just being authentically doing whatever you want but it's also having compassion and empathy for the other person and including them in that mix it's it's a co-creation it really is and it's, it's empathy in action i mean it's not just talking a good game it's you, if you aren't really stepping into that other person's shoes and looking through their lens you can't know what they need from you that's that's so, so true, so beautiful. And I was going to ask you about um, having impact as a leader, and it seems like that's a good segue into that. Mm-hmm. Well, so I believe that the 
the most powerful way for us to access our authentic self, who we truly are. So people experience us as genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief. And the mm-hmm. byproduct of that is that they want to be a part of what we're doing, right? They want to listen. They want to give, give their best. They want to follow and not have to follow, right? But it's a byproduct. It's not, not what we're going for. It's not you must follow. It's they experience me as genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief, and therefore they want to be part of what I'm up to in the world, right? So I believe that the, the avenue to that is purpose. It's really understanding Why do I care? What's the impact that I want to have outside myself? It's what I call your super objective. It's what drives me, right? So if I talk about what drives me personally, uh, what drives me, my super objective, is to connect people to the best of who they are. And in every situation I face, whether it's on this call or I'm doing a keynote or I'm I'm in a sales meeting or, or whatever it might be, you know, all the different situations I face in my life. Mm-hmm. If I can focus on what it is I stand for, what I'm up to in the world, to connect people to the best of who they are, that's the impact I want to have. If I can focus my attention on that and take action to do that, to have that impact, then the byproduct of that is people are going to experience me as genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief because I'm focused on them. I'm not focused on me. Mm-hmm. And and you're also that's influence, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. And it influences the byproduct. It, our results are a byproduct of how we show up in the world. So it allows you to get out of your own way because now I'm not focused on me. I'm not focused on what you know. Am I going to sound stupid? Am I going to make a mistake? What do they think about me? I need to prove myself. I'm not thinking about any of those things mm-hmm. because I'm totally 100% focused on having an impact on you and having an impact on your listeners, right? That's, that's where my focus of attention is. And so, you know, I'm not going to sound perfect because I'm not focused on being perfect. Right? right. But because I'm not focused on being perfect, we can actually have a pretty good conversation. <laughs> exactly. That is a funny thing, right, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That makes so much sense. Um, and it... There's, we could probably spend a couple hours on just on this topic because <laughs> it's yeah. so it's so exciting. It's the empathy and action. There's this this synergy. This this it's almost like a dance you're doing with that other person. It absolutely. You are co-creating every moment with the people around you. Right, and so they you're not in it by yourself. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're leading and they're following. There's there's just that interaction happening all the time so that the influence becomes much, much easier at that point. Um, So cool. I love it. It's it's easier, and, you know, it it feels effortless. So let's take it from, you know, a presentation skills perspective, right? Because when you're up on a stage and you're presenting to a big audience, it's a pretty vulnerable place to be. The, the stakes feel pretty high. Mm-hmm. So whether you're giving a, you know, a big presentation to your company or you're pitching to investors or whatever that might be or you know, to clients, it's a pretty vulnerable place to be. If you're focused on, you know, I want to prove myself, I want to get this sale, I want them to like me, I, want, I don't want to mess up, you're not going to be able to bring your best game because you're totally focused on yourself. 
But if you're focused instead on having an impact, you want to you want to impact that that you know woman in the front row with with the glasses and the teal jacket. And you want you know what it, what's the impact you want to have on that person, right? And you want to you want to draw this guy in the third row in and and really get him to think and feel something deeply about this topic you're talking about. If you're focused outside yourself, it frees you. It, it, it frees you to be brave. It allows your most powerful ste- your most powerful self to take the stage. Without that, if you're focused on you, your your results are are mediocre at best. Absolutely. Um, so, with with regret, I'm moving on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get our two hours. I, 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 we could, but we won't. We won't be, won't be recorded. So you you talk in the book about confined thinking, and that some some leaders are doing. They're limiting themselves and other people. What what is confined thinking, and how do you, how does one begin to change that? Well, you know, part of being a human being is that we want to make sense of the world, and we want to know where we fit in the world, right? So we love to put things into a box. You know, this goes there, this goes there, this goes there, this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong, right? And, and it helps us make sense of everything around us. Mm-hmm. But when we do that, we limit the conversation. So, for, for example, on Teach Leadership, the program that I teach, people will say, so, you know, is it a presentation skills class? And I'll say, yes, yes, it is. And they'll say, well, is it a class about influence? And I'll say, yes, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it a class about presence? Yes, yes, it is. Leadership? Yes. Purpose? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's all of those things. Mm-hmm. Because the conversation is bigger than one thing. It doesn't fit into a box, right? Mm-hmm. And when we limit our thinking, it limits the way we look at things, particularly, particularly, when it comes to ourselves, this is who I am. This is what's possible for me. That is a perfect segue into how we have a limited view of who we are, and that keeps us from being of reaching our potential or, you know, really becoming bigger. Right. And how do we begin to change that? How do we how do we get a more open well, view of so, things and of, you know, of ourselves? Yeah. It's it's so easy to be focusing on all of those things that have happened in our lives, our history and experiences, the painful things that have happened, the messages that we've received that limit who we are and define who we are in a very narrow way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so easy to get completely focused and lost in that space. And we kind of shrink ourselves back to fit in with it, fit into those definitions or what I call those your lines. Mm-hmm. And the the way the the best way that I have found to be able to cut through those lines to cut through those barriers what I call your barriers to brave is to really get clear on what is the impact you want to have outside yourself because then it takes your focus off yourself it goes back to that super objective conversation when you have clarity around what you stand for what's the impact you want to have it takes it takes your focus on all of those limiting beliefs and all of those messages that you've that you've received over your an entire lifetime, and it allows you to sh- shift your focus off of yourself, so you can experience yourself more powerfully. Yeah, what impact do you want to have? And can you segue in executive presence in this? Because I, a lot of the people that I talk to, 
don't seem to know how to how to hold themselves in this way they want to have impact. Do you have any little tips on what you might do to start getting more right. of an executive well, presence? I think the most powerful and easy way to access executive presence is going back to that definition of authenticity, right? What do they need from you to experience you as genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief? Mm-hmm. When you're talking about about being in an executive role, when you're pitching to the C-suite and you're talking to shareholders and you need to have the kind of presence that other people are going to look up to, you have to look around and go, well, what in my culture? Because so much of it is based on your organizational culture, Mm -hmm. right? You've got really relaxed cultures. You've got very formal cultures. You've got um, very traditional cultures. What is your culture? So looking around at the executives in your culture, what do they need from me to experience me as genuine, worthy, trust, reliance, and belief? So that you will, you will look, you will use that as your filter for everything. You will use that for your filter for how you dress, right? So most people in the C-suite, for example, won't wear ruffles or floral patterns. Mm-hmm. If you look around, most people in the C-suite are going to be dressed pretty monotone. It's going to be pretty simple. It's going to be pretty clean and clean, depending on your culture. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, so you look at what do they need from me to experience me as genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief in terms of how I dress? What do they need to experience me as genuine, worthy of trust in terms of the language that I use? What kind of words do I use? What do they need from me to experience me as genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief in terms of the way I prepare? So, you know, are you, are you locked and loaded with your data? Do you know your numbers? You know, do you do you know the business case for what you're presenting? Have you thought through strategically what the business needs from you? Have you have you have you thought through strategically why something is not going to work? What are the obstacles that that might be facing? How do you prepare so that the people that you're going to be speaking to are going to experience you as genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief? Yes. Yes, sign me up. <laughs> well, and what's great about that, Sabrina, is it works up and down the ladder. Right? It, I think it, it, is the most, it is the most powerful filter you can use because it doesn't say this is how you carry your arms and this is how you move through space, and this is, which is very prescriptive. But I don't think prescriptions work because if you're thinking about what do I do with my arms and what do I do, you know, if you're thinking about all of those things, you're not thinking about connecting to the people you're with and having an impact. Right. You're thinking about yourself, right? Yeah. So it forces you, that simple, simple definition, using it as a filter, forces you to think about what do other people need from me to experience me as genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and beliefs. The byproduct of that is influence. The byproduct of that is they want to follow. They want to be a part of what I'm doing. They want to crawl over broken glass for me. Uh-huh. Right? But it's a byproduct. It's a byproduct. It's, that's a really important point. It's a byproduct. Now, in your background as a professional actress, how have acting experiences helped you to be an expert on the authentic leadership? <laughs> that's a great question. So when I, first, when I first moved into acting, you know, when I was a kid, I was like a fearless kid. Nothing, nothing could stop me. I put myself out there for anything. Then I get to college. I start auditioning, and all of a sudden, everything, you know, goes to pot. I, uh, my hands start to sweat. My muscles are 
clenching and I can't breathe and, and I'm having anxiety attacks and, and auditions and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what's happening? And then somehow I would miraculously get cast inside of myself and I'd stand up on that stage and I'd truly connect to the other actor or actors in the scene with me. And all those sensations would just melt away. It'd be like I was powerful and it was, I was, it was ease and grace and, and effortless. It was, it was amazing. It was like being transformed and it trans, transformed in, in a matter of seconds, right? Of course, at the time, I had no idea what I was doing and how it would make a difference because I'd get off stage, I'd go sit in rehearsal and all of those sensations would come back and my jaws would clench and I couldn't breathe and, and all of those things as I listened to my director's feedback. So it wasn't a lasting thing. I didn't know what it was I was doing. But fast forward, you know, many, many, many years, I end up in training and development. And at the time when I first started working in the business world, I didn't know much about the business world. So I was like a detective. I watched everything they did and I studied them. And what I discovered was something that completely shocked me. What I discovered is that the business world and the theater world are so much alike because the theater world, you know, pretty vulnerable place. You're up there on stage. Everybody's watching you. You want to prove yourself. You know, you don't want to make a mistake. The stakes are high. The business world pretty vulnerable place. The stakes mm-hmm. are high. You want to prove yourself. You don't want to make a mistake. It is the same thing. It's totally the same thing. And what I, what I learned is that in the theater, we ended up having, we had tools to help us work through these things. There was, there was this guy at the turn of the century called Konstantin Stanislavski, this Russian director who ran the Moscow Art Theater. Mm-hmm. And he, he's the guy that came up with the idea of the super objective. The super objective is something actually that actors use to take their focus off of themselves, shift their focus so they can perform more powerfully. And all I did, Sabrina, was take the super objective and apply it to the business world. So how can, how can the women listening today who are active in business and wanting to get promoted and do the best job they can do, how can they take that super objective into their day, into the meetings they're, ha- they're having with people? Yeah. How would they use the super objective? Well, so the very first thing they need to do is they need to get clear on what their super objective is because it's going to be different for every single one of us. And there's not a right super objective and a wrong super objective. It's your super objective, right? Um, but a super objective has to, has to meet certain criteria. It's always got to be um, focused on action. So it's got to be active so it puts you on an active path. A super objective isn't like a philosophy or values. It doesn't live in your head. Mm-hmm. It's informed by your values. But it is not just a philosophy. So it's, you've got to frame your super objective using active, ter- active verbs. I want to connect. I want to build up. I want to create. I want to lift up. It's, it's active language so it forces you in action with yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't achieve a super objective from the sidelines. So the very first thing is to get clear on what's the, what's the impact you want to have outside yourself. And to start doing that, start asking yourself, why do I care? Why do I care about my employees or, or my, my customers or the service that we're providing or my community or my family or whatever it is that they're trying to impact? Who or what do they want to impact the most? Why do they care? 
And then what's the impact you want to have outside yourself on those people or on your culture or on your community or on this world, whatever it is for you personally. Okay, so getting crystal clear about that super objective is absolutely critical. It's the very first thing you want to do. That's once you have so clarity beautiful. about that, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, once you've got clarity about that, you can use that to inform your actions in every situation you face, right? So if you, you know, Sabrina, you're jumping on a podcast, let's say you've got, you're interviewing someone who, who scares you, you know, this real superhero person that you mm-hmm. landed as a guest and you're, you want to do a great job, but you know, if you're thinking about trying to prove yourself to this guest, you're not going to, you're not going to do very well, right? So what's the impact you want to have in that situation? So every situation you face, whether it's a tough conversation, whether it's a call, whether it's a presentation, whether it's a meeting, whatever it is, you ask yourself, what's my super objective? What's the impact I want to have in this situation on these people? Then you enter the situation and you focus all of your attention on taking action to achieve that impact. That's your job. So when I go keynote, my job's not to impress anyone. My job's not to speak. I do speak, but my job is to connect people to the best of who they are. That's why I'm there. I love it. And I'm thinking if, if we had two people, if you were the one, you just, you're going in there, you're doing it. The other, you have mm-hmm. the super objective. Oh, my gosh, the, the energy, the emotion, the connectedness of that person with the super objective is so different. It changes everything. I, so, so I had this re- recruiter friend of mine who, who was telling me, you know, Kimberly, I, I always have these people that come in and I say, so why do you want, you know, why do you want to lead? Why do you want this job? And she says, well, you know, they all say, they all say, you know, I really care about people. You know, I, I care about people. That's why I want to lead. And she says, Kimberly, you know, we'll be talking for a solid hour, and they won't have asked me a single question about myself. So if they care about people, don't I count? Exactly. <laughs> so it forces you, you know, you, how you show up in the world is going to speak louder than your words. So it forces you to go, okay, if what I, if I, if what I stand for is you know, to connect people to the best of who they are. How do I do that with this recruiter? Because then it takes me off the hot seat. Yes, she's asking me questions, but my job is to connect her to the best of who she is. So I might, I might ask her some really powerful questions. I might paint a picture with using a story that helps her see how important her work is in the world. You know, there's a lot of different things I might do if I were in this situation with a recruiter. But what I wouldn't do is talk about myself all the time because no one would believe that that's what I stand for. Right? Beautiful. Well, we're just about out of time, and I, I, this is another quote from you, and I'm not sure I've got it exactly right, but it, you say, brave is being your most confident, powerful, and authentic self. And I'm wondering, to end this call today, if you could leave us with a suggestion for how to do this. Yeah, so here's the thing about confidence, right? Confidence is like brave. It's not something that's an all-or-nothing thing. It's not like you just got it and, and you're gifted that way. Mm-hmm. Confidence is knowing that we can count on ourselves because we've experienced ourselves succeeding, right? Mm-hmm. And in order to gain confidence, you can't do it from the sidelines. you got to get on the court and you've got to play. 
So if you can focus on your super objective, what's the impact you want to have outside yourself? You're going to experience yourself getting better and better results. You're going to experience yourself being more and more engaged because it's going to put you on an active path to be who you truly are at your core, right? The byproduct of that is confidence because the more you get to experience yourself being you powerfully so other people experience you as genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief, the more your confidence is going to flourish. Mm-hmm. And the more you're going to be able to connect with people and be the best, help them be the best of who they are and be the best of who you are. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. I really, really appreciate it, and I know all the women listening will appreciate it too. It was so much fun, Sabrina. Thank you. You're welcome. I have a great free gift I want to give you that will help you to be a better leader. But first, I want to share why I've been doing this show for the last 10 years. My passion is to help hundreds of thousands of women worldwide be more successful in their careers and in their lives. Because you are listening to this podcast, you are part of this global movement. Thank you for sharing these shows with your friends and colleagues and for your great comments and reviews. So here is my free gift to you. For the last 10 years, I have interviewed almost 100 top leaders to find out what their leadership secrets are. And one of the secrets is great communication. So I have put together 12 of their top tips that will help you communicate like a leader, which will help you to advance your career and get promoted. So to get this free gift, Go to the sidebar on the right-hand side of womensleadershipsuccess.com and look for my 12 masterful communication tips to be a great leader. And thanks for listening. Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brahm, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabrahm.com. Since 1989, Sabrina and her team have helped hundreds of women managers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs with valuable trainings, articles, books, and executive coaching. For additional tips, interviews, and free access to Great Leaders Today mini-course, visit www.womensleadershipsuccess.com.